0: Welcome to Mercedes Second Chance Podcast, where we share real life stories about addiction, getting clean, and being given a second chance. Hello, this is Mercedes Whitecalf. This is Mercedes Second Chance Podcast, and today I have the honor of speaking with my good friend, somewhat of a mentor, Tyrone, um, just so were clear I met you I didn't meet you you were speaking at Imago Day. it was a church with the 12-step like speaker jam thing going on and I remember it was you and it was Maya um Maya Noble she's been on the show um but you and her, were you were the speakers. And I remember your story it was so powerful because you talked about being around the Greyhound. And I know what goes on around the Greyhound. You talked about being homeless. But the big thing was that um, you were like this guy who made all this money and you had, um, you owned a home. And um, you had a kid. And you, you took care of your kid. And I was like, man, like, how could he go from smoking dope and be like nobody to now he owns a home and he's working and he's this great speaker and stuff like that. And I didn't talk to you then. I didn't have enough confidence. You know, and and women stick with women, men stick with men, so we don't, you know, <laughs> go the wrong way. Um, and so I respect that. I respect the program, and but I always remembered you. It was always memorable. And then I didn't see you for a while, um, and so I don't know what happened. Um, and then we reconnected recently because. I'm on the board at Miracles. You're working there. Um, and I seen like you were, I seen you a couple times and it, it looked a little shifty. And then I seen you and you like totally changed. It was like, you know, the Superman goes in the phone booth and does a little spin <laughs> and it comes out. It was like that. And I was like, wow, Tyrone, you look good. And then I got a chance to talk with you and you told me what happened. Um, but I want to take it all the way back because your story is very intriguing. And I want you to tell us like, how did, how did you become an addict? Were you born one? Did you become one? I know you are one. Right. But, you know, like, where did your
1: journey start? That's funny you say that because when I stayed with my dad growing up for about a month, I remember going in his drawer and it was an umbrella. So I was like, oh, no. okay, my dad used, <laughs> my mom square. Um, I just remember I was about 13, 14, I remember my grandfather owned a house. There was uh, three houses on the same property. It was a front house, me and my mom. Middle house, my brother, my middle brother. The back house was my grandfather and my older brother. And I remember they took the house. I don't know what happened. I don't know the story. And everything split up. I chose the street because I already knew the street. and already hung on the street. So you didn't go with
0: either parent. You went on the street.
1: I was on the street. Okay. So then I went to California Youth Authority. I got committed a crime, went to California Youth Authority. I got out. That's jail, y'all. Yo. Uh, California Youth Authority. It's a prison for youth. And I remember I got out, and we used to hang out on this. There was a school. The block I used to hang out on, there was a school across the street. So I got out. We used to always jump over at the school and, like, drink. And I remember a friend of mine busting out a pipe. And I was like.
0: The crack pipe.
1: Crack, crack pipe. I'm like, what's that? <clears throat> and he goes. He goes, it, I feel like it was like even in slow motion, loud and clear. He goes, you don't want none of this. I'm like, what? I was like, what is it? He's like, I'm telling you, you don't want none of this. I'm like, give me a hit. I'm drunk. i take a hit. It was game over. Game over. I was just off and running. Always share about like, I didn't get a chance to like, I didn't. I didn't get to go through that phase of like, Oh, I started drinking. Then I started smoking weed, a little weed. Then I started smoking Primo's. Then I fr- started basing. I was just right like, in, right in.
0: crack. Crack in,
1: right the, out. Yeah, then. uh, So that just, that triggered just a bunch of events. I'm smoking crack. I'm young. I'm on the streets. I ain't got nowhere to go. So basically my life was commit crimes till you get caught. Go to jail. Get well. Get out. Do it all over again.
0: Yeah, because I heard like jail, you get the shake back. Like you get to get clean, get your weight right. up, eat something so that you're good enough to go on the next run. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, started, went to, I've been to three uh, youth authorities, got out of youth authority. I maxed out, which means I did all my time. Then I graduated to like the county jail. Now I'm going in and out of county jail. Now I'm going into the in prison. Twin Towers. Oh. uh. Central, Men's Central, uh, Wayside, then. Because you're
0: from California, yep. LA area. Uh-huh.
1: So then, boom! I get my first prison term to be Get out. You in the prison? Yep. Okay. Then I get out. Matter of fact, my third prison term. When they released me
0: three
1: times? I've been to five five different times. Okay.
0: You look so young. When I got
1: released. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. When I was leaving, everybody's like, "All right, man, see you later." I remember one time, because my addiction is so crazy, I was like, I'll be back. Ain't that crazy? That's crazy. They were like, all right, man. I'm like, I'll be back. I'll be back.
0: Because Because that's what I did.
1: pattern. And I'll always go on a run from the gate. From the gate, I go on a run. So anyhow, I'm at Delano, which is Delano State Prison. And you guys don't know, it's real segregated. So the blacks are over here, whites over here, Latinos over here. So a lot of the a lot of the stuff functions as like Black Day, White Day, Mexican Day, Paisa Day, whatever. So it's Black TV Day, and then uh but anybody can go into the TV room. TV room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This guy walks in.
0: But blacks control channels. Yeah, that okay. day okay. is their Black Day. So it's Black Day.
1: So you know BT is BET. okay. So a guy walks in, and that was just me and him. And he goes, hey, man. He goes, uh, hey, man, I'm Joey. He goes, I hate this, that we have to play these politics here. He goes, I grew up in Long Beach. I grew up with Crips. Like, boom. He's a white boy. White dude.
0: So he's white, and he's, like, trying to connect with you. Because normally you, there's a bunch of people in there, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of people. and like only y'all, yeah. y'all, connecting. Okay.
1: You, you see people say, what's up, what's up? You know, but, you know. Stay with your guy, yeah. So then he goes, uh, yeah, he says that, and I'm like, and just so I can relate to him, I'm like, man, I'm from Pasadena, man. You know, if you, whether you're rich or poor in Pasadena, you go to the same schools. Mm-hmm. Y'all go to the same schools. So. so then there was a connection. A little later I see him, and he has his book in his hand, and the hardback is ripped off of it, because they do that when you get hardback books sent in prison. So then uh, I was like, man, what's that book? And he goes, man, this book changed the perspective of my life. He said it like that. And I'm like, man, let me read that. He goes, let him turn the lights out and I'll walk by your bed and throw the book. Cause you don't want to have people like see you sharing a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that night he walked past the bed, he he put the book down. I remember opening it up. I opened it up, and I just read the intro. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked. Which, I was it hooked. It. it was it was talking about how it was the book about the law of attraction. Whatever you put out to the universe is what you get back. Point okay. blank. And uh, And
0: this is way back when? Because... This
1: this was in 2008.
0: 2008, okay.
1: So I read that book that night. Boom. And the light bulb went on. Like, for the first time in my life, like, all my confusion about religion and this and that, it went away. And it was just about the universe. Mm -hmm. It's the universe, man. Whatever I put out, whatever I want to call it, whatever. As long as it's good. So... Read the book, the light bulb came on, and I'm just like, now I'm already like, okay, where am I going to go when I get out? Because I ain't going to Skid Row. That's what I do. I go to prison. They give you $200 when you get released.
0: Oh, you get that GR. You get this yep. in the food stamps and the cash.
1: I go straight downtown and LA. Get
0: them Pedro. Was it, yep. Pedro? Yeah.
1: And you know, the, 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 the <laughs> D-Boys are waiting outside the Greyhound for you, so it's VIP. Once you get off, you would be like, come on. Right. Next thing you know, you're getting locked up with the same clothes you got released, released in. Then. Crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, read the book, and I'm just like, I'm pumped. I'm just pumped up, and I'm locked up, but I'm pumped up, and I'm writing goals down, and I'm like, okay, you a plan this time. yeah.
0: Like when I leave here, I'm gonna attract good things and not bad things, right?
1: Okay. So I decided Portland. People asked ask me, "Did I know anybody?" I didn't know nobody here. The reason I decided Portland was because the first prison term I did, there was a uh, my uh, Sally lived in Gresham, and he just said. Portland's a good. He's like, it's cool, man. It's just a cool spot. Never nothing about recovery. Mm -hmm. Then my last term, it was a veteran, and he would tell me, cause I asked him about Portland, and he goes, man, he just always say, you know that Spanish, man. You gonna have it your way if you go out there. You know Spanish. So it just gave me. It was just like, okay, I'm gonna just listen to that.
0: So you didn't know nobody here. Nobody here. Portland just ding. Yep.
1: Okay. So I got out. Got a Greyhound ticket. It was $124. I got it framed at my house. because it's $200. The best. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Then,
1: uh, but I don't know how to not get loaded, though, yet. Right. So, I go down the street. I get some liquor, some dude selling weed. I get loaded. But I make it on the Greyhound. So, I get to the Greyhound station, but I think it, I forgot how long the Greyhound bus was but i got here may i got here to portland may 10th i got off the greyhound i remember looking in the sky and being like whoever's up there help help me Mm. and i think that's when like i mentioned that book how it said the book said whatever frequency you're on if you're thinking positive you know all of that the universe will align itself for you and that's exactly what happened because the universe aligned itself for me got off the greyhound i told the greyhound dude They messed up on my ticket. So he was like, okay, you can stay here for the night. Boom. The second night.
0: But was that true? That wasn't true because you were just trying to.
1: I just went to see if he'll let me in. Okay. Because you wanted to sleep there. Yeah, Overnight. Okay.
0: Okay. So you came late at night and didn't have nowhere to go. Right. So you slept at the Greyhound. Okay.
1: So my second night, I remember seeing some people I saw at the food stamp place. Three kids I seen at the food stamp office. And I seen him that night. I'm like, what's up? You guys were at the foods. So I was just kind of like connect with them. Mm. So they're like, yeah, we stay over here at this parking lot up on Burnside or something like that. I'm all like, all right. So I went up there with him. That's when I found out Portland be cold. <laughs> it be cold. So when we got up in the morning, he was like, I'm gonna go boost. And in my mind, I'm like, I didn't come here to boost. All right, y'all. Peace out. My third night.
0: So all this time you're clean these three days?
1: Yep, I'm clean. Okay. I'm on PSU campus because I remember asking somebody, where's the colleges at? Like, where's the college at? They're like, follow the park block. You'll hit PSU. I don't know. I just felt like, because I wanted to be on that frequency in a sense. that positive, positive right, frequency. Safe. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging out in the library area. Excuse um, me. I go outside to smoke. There's these two girls out there. I'm like, you guys smoke? They're like, yeah, I gave them a cigarette. So I started talking to them. I didn't mention nothing about no prison or nothing like that, or crack crack or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, I read this book. I told them I was at a library, and I read the book, and I got spiritual awakening, and I jumped on the ground. So as I'm telling them the story, I look back, and one of the girls is like, man, you're crazy. You came all the way on the ground, you don't know nobody. And I'm like, hell yeah. So then the, the other girl was crying she had a tear in her eye. I'm like, what's up with you? And she goes, you know, I've been, uh, how'd she say it? Basically she said, I'm privileged. I've been fed with a silver spoon. Uh, My parents paid for my college. My parents paid for my apartment, my car. And here you are, you don't have nothing. You don't even know nobody. And you're on some positive level-ish. And you're grateful for what's to come. You ain't even got it yet, but you're already in gratitude. And I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting here like, chip on my shoulder i'm mad at the world so they let me sit at their apartment they fed me that morning So they said you could stay the night yeah they're like hey you can stay on our couch i was like all right
0: frequency thing is working okay
1: so then my fourth night wait
0: they don't know you you smoke crack but you're not for the last three days at that time you've been to prison five times but you read a book and you're being positive and that's all they know, and they're willing to let you stay
1: on right, their couch right. for a night. Okay. And again, probably because of the law of attraction, like maybe I, the energy was, was putting good in, okay. energy. So next day, And I do want to say this, I would see them sometimes, and I would always tell them, I would be like, hey, I know you guys think, like okay, you guys just let me sleep on your couch. I would tell them like, you guys saved my life that night. Right. You guys saved my life that night. And um, so my fourth night, on my fourth day I was in front of Transition Projects if y'all know <laughs> that it's at downtown you can take yeah. showers the
0: homeless center uh, yeah I
1: was sitting in front of uh, I was well standing it was the OTPI so I was standing on on the wall lined up for a shower there was a guy that's uh, on the bench hitting the, hitting the crack pipe and he looked at me and he's like he's like oh what's up youngster he's like where you from you know new face and I'm like blah 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 Pasadena whatever he goes uh, you get high and I remember having a pause because in my head, I'm like, do I get high? I'm like, I get high. I get high. I didn't say that. And I was like, I said, you know you know what OG's older, dude? I said, uh, that's my problem. I get high, end up under a bridge, in a cardboard box, or in jail. So, and this is a true story, he takes a hit of his crack pipe, blows the smoke out, and he goes, you should go to treatment, and I remember being like in my head, I'm like, no, you should, you should go, go to, to treatment. treatment. Right. But I didn't say that, and I said <clears throat> something came out, and I was like, "Where's this place at?" I was like, "Where's it at?" He puts his pipe up, wraps it up nicely, sticks it in his pocket. He's like, "Follow me," and I followed him to Burnside and Broadway, and he pointed at the recovery center across the street. He said, "Walk in there and tell him you need help." And I walked in there, and I was like, "I need help." Then uh. I was like I don't want to get high I don't want to get high and uh, the lady's like oh you need to go to Hooper take me wherever wherever y'all want to take me take me it don't matter so she called some guy who was actually one of the like first the starters of the mentor program and uh, I went to go talk to him he's like who you running from because you know like you just came gone on the Greyhound came from Cali yeah
0: I'm running
1: so uh, I was like I ain't running from nobody blah 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 so he's like all right And there was a transition that happened. When I got there, he was with his coworkers. It was at that time where everybody was leaving. He stayed. And I think he transitioned into like mentor, into like recovering addict, helping another person.
0: Right, because mentor is a person that, you know, help you through treatment. It's not a lifelong thing, right.
1: So he put me in his car, he took me to eat, and I remember he was like guess uh we went to Burger King drive thru and I just remember that I remember I because I had never took a shower I remember I was I could smell myself so I'm like in my mind I'm like if I can smell myself I know oh, he, he can, can smell, smell me right. but he didn't he, he didn't care he's like hey you smell right now but you're gonna you're you gonna be smelling good in a minute you mm-hmm. you 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 listen to what I tell you to do so he took me to city team he told me to come see him on third Cooch in the morning I went over there Put me in a room, in a program, and uh in a mentor program. Mentor program. Okay. And he told me, he said, meet me in the lobby at 1130 sharp. I'm gonna take you somewhere. And he took me to my first meeting at the Lono Club. And I remember going in the meeting and I already opted out when I walked in because there was no black folks. I was like, I was like, nah, this ain't this and everybody was like dressed nice and look good. The girls was looking good. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I remember somebody called on me. And I said, I'm Tyrone, and I'm recovered. So everybody's like, recovered? I said, I'm recovered. They were like, why you say that? Cause I ain't going back to that, I'm not going back to it. So, but then I learned the lingo. But what happened to me that day, cause I already had opted out, uh, somebody called on me and I was telling them like, you know, Pasadena this and that, blah, blah, blah. So I walked to the back after the meeting, this white guy comes up to me. He goes, Pasadena, huh? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah this dude, he's an older dude, he started naming like spots. Like he would name like, he named like this, he named the spot, he's like, oh, over there where the coroner's go pick up bodies. He was naming all these spots, yeah. all these hood spots, and I'm like, how oh, you know that? And he goes, that's where I fell. He said, I came to Portland, I got my life right. So that was God intervening like, quit tripping off this color shit. Okay, you don't see no black folks. Cause he's white. Yeah. Right. So God sent me this white dude to be like, cut it out. Right. So then, uh, that was my problem. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that night, I went to another meeting, the world's famous Burnside Blues. That's right and time. I heard them and I heard the message again. And I heard a lady say she had five years and her life wasn't right. It was her life was still messed up, but she wasn't going to pick up. Then I was on it. I, I remember the next day because I went to my mentor and I was like, Tell me what this is, man. What's all this? And, you know, he laid everything out and he was like, Keep your relationships clean, keep your room clean. He said, uh, Go to meetings, do treatment. Um, He said, he said, the program may not get you a house. It may not get you the job. It may not get you the car, the girl. He said, but if you do this, you'll stay clean. And I remember I was sold to that because that's all I wanted. It's to stay clean. It's to stay clean. So I was like, well, I'm on it. Found a sponsor, started doing the deal, and the reality was – I got way more than I even imagined I would get.
0: Right. So, like, how, okay, so you, you start with the program, you're doing 12 steps, you're uh, going to meetings, being of service, calling a sponsor, sponsor, um, like we do in recovery. And then you're in this program, the mentor program, which is temporary. It's a, what, six, seven-month program? Yep. Okay. And you, you're you learning basic life tools, life skills, Um, and then you get out, and then where do you go?
1: Like when I leave the pro, when I left the mentor program yeah left the mentor program we got an apartment in Beaverton and but I remember this I remember that my first 90 days at that apartment mm-hmm. I was in the mentor office every day cuz I still I was didn't I you wasn't
0: scared cuz I remember when I no, got no was no no that's what I'm saying yeah, I was
1: okay. in the mentor office every day because I'm like no UA you know like I'm I'm free in a mm-hmm. sense and I remember the reason I went to the mentor office every day was because I still I knew how, I just still didn't know how to live, basically. Right. And uh so that helped me out because I would go and I would go check in, then handle my business. Um. Then I've always been in the Beaverton area, mm-hmm. but I'm always in Portland doing meetings. Beaverton reminds me of Pasadena a little bit. It's like yeah. clean little suburbia. So, uh, yeah, so then started doing a program, started getting involved, uh, Portland Convention, I was involved in that first one. And that's um, when
0: all the addicts get together, right. thousands of them, in one spot, and they just have, like, a convention. There's workshops, there's major speakers, it's uh, retail and yep. a merchandise and everything, and everybody's clean, and there's people. I went to a convention um, because there was there was, like, attorneys, there's... Um, there's police officers, there's people that work in recovery, there's teachers, there's all kinds of things. And they're just all...
1: Loving on each other. Yeah, That's and what so I... you,
0: were, you were impressed by that. You were like...
1: And it reminded so... me of like, when my mom was sending me to summer camp. Mm-hmm. I'll go to summer camp for a week, like in Big Bear. Mm-hmm. And it's just all like love. Uh-huh. Kind of, the conventions kind of remind me of that. Then you know whatever happens at the convention stays at the convention, no I'm just kidding.
0: I don't know nothing about that.
1: Um, So, and I became this convention junkie and I was going to all these conventions. And I would just, one day I was just like, man, we need a convention in Portland. So I would make these little flyers and I'd be like, "Uh, Portland's gonna have a convention in Portland and we would be whatever, Philly, went to Philly, New York, everywhere, all up and down Cali. And boom, we got us to the convention now. So then, um, yeah, just, just dove in. You just dove just in. Dove that's in. what they tell us. Yeah.
0: It's like stay in the middle of the herd or stay in the middle so you don't fall off the edges. Yeah. And you did that. Yeah. You got right in with all the white people because it's a lot of white people. All the little <sighs> corny stuff, you know, that they say, cliches, whatever. You were you were into it. And you were staying clean. And I was so, keeping it simple. Right. Keep it simple. And then what? And
1: then when it was all said and done, I had this beautiful life. You a more, house, right? More than that, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, on January 15th of 15, my son was born, and I had to take custody of him at three weeks old. And that right there was another, like, God shot because he stepped my game up. Mm-hmm. He stepped my game up. I didn't go to school until after he was born. I was like, I got to go to school. I got to get an education so he can see that. I bought my house because we were staying in Beaverton in a one bedroom paying 1400 and I kept hearing about people paying mortgages for that. So I'm like, I'm going to get my money right. So I ended up buying a house, um, you know, and just giving him that, because I wanted him to have that stability.
0: Right. And you were able to do that from just being in the community of recovery and people right. sending you to, oh, you need to get yep. your credit right. Oh, you need to program. Yep. All that. Yeah. That's what I
1: hear. Yeah. So yeah, bought the house then. Got into a relationship, like everything was just on point. And, uh. Meeting attendance start slipping. Yeah, then. They say, they say, don't let, don't let. What Narcotics Anonymous gives you, take you away from Narcotics Anonymous. And I, I, uh. I chose to, uh. Do some experiment. I'm like, oh, I think I could drink. Mm-hmm. Alcohol's a drug. Started drinking. Next thing you know, I got a pipe in my mouth. Next thing you know, um, I'm dropped out of school because I'm working, I was working on my master's. I was about six classes away. Dropped out of school after I got the money. Then I, uh, lost my relationship. Then, almost quit. I lost my kid. Lost some friendships. Uh, Total three cars within like a month. The last car flipped six times because I was on the phone with somebody and they heard it. Wait, um, so
0: you were clean for how many years before all this happened? Twelve years. Twelve years, and then within months, you lost your relationship, your a couple cars, almost your kid, friendships, and your job. Or you didn't lose the job.
1: And then I I lost. I lost the job, but it wasn't related. It wasn't related to that, but it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't like, "Oh, you're getting high, you gotta go." So you just. But it was a know. it was a symptom of that. Right, right. So I got a and I uh, and they gave me a severance, mm-hmm. untaxed. It was like fifty five G's and I ain't gonna talk about them. y'all don't know, you know. So then, uh, so I'm so now I'm in my roommate's car. I'm driving home. I'm not under the influence, but I have stuff in the car. Uh-huh. But I'm coming down. I could say I'm coming down, but I'm not. But I'm not under the influence. I get pulled over because somebody seen me swerve.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Called it in. They pulled me over. They made me do all the tests on the street. I got them all good. But because I had other case, like like the possession and a driving while I was suspended, they had to take me in. They took me in. And I had to stay in jail because usually DUI you book and release. Mm-hmm. I had to stay in jail, and that's when that's that, That's when it hit, and that's when it that's when it hit, and that's when I started thinking about all the people who did try to like get me back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was in that cell, and I'm like, "Am I about to live my old life again?" That's the scariest thing,
0: right? Because you're right back where you started. Because you started in jail watching TV with the white guy and you're talking about when you leave here, what you're going to do when you left, you went to Oregon on the bus and you know, you got into recovery, you got a son, a house, a a girl, all these things and start doing drugs. And now you're back in jail.
1: Boom. Just full circle. Yep. And the cool part about that is that, so you don't want, you don't want, you don't, so first off, you can lose it way faster than, you know, it takes me 12 years to get that life and I can lose it in a week, gone. Yeah. Um. So a little more to that story is that-
0: You're in the cell and you're like, do I want to live this I, life?
1: Yeah. Oh, because you know, people always ask like, People just always ask me like, hey, "Are you are you scared to die? Are you scared to die?" And I'm like, "I'm scared to live. Like I'm scared to live my old life. That's the, my biggest fear. I go back to like the streets and using, and that's my so
0: because you were living bad. You told me a story one time when you were on the streets. You were like, um, your first night, you you stayed in a cardboard cardboard box, and you remember? Skid row, right? And I I stayed on Skid Row. We would like fix like we would have. Um, covers and stuff and we would cut a hole and tie a, a rope in it knot into to a fence and you know make that a home and so I know like having somebody fix up your cardboard box for a home right. was like I've hit the bottom and hit the bottom you said you cried and I remember
1: I, I got in and I remember like laying down and a teardrop came out into my eye cause I'm like damn I'm on a, I'm on downtown LA Skid Row in a cardboard box teardrops coming down my eye and I'm like I'm out of here tomorrow alright
0: so fast forward, sorry, fast forward, um, back, you are in jail and you're thinking about all this, I'm sure. And you're like, okay, I'm back where I started. I've lost everything. Do I want to go back to that? No, that's your biggest fear. It's not dying. You fear that more than anything. And then what?
1: Like living my whole life as a drug, addict, just using and using. So that was my hit right there. And I'm, it's crazy. Cause even I'm looking at the walls. In the jail and they look like the prison just like drawings and just griminess Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so and while this was going on when i got locked up i had basically neglected my kid and his friend they were doing an overnight and they fell asleep and i got in the car and i was out i went to go get some get some stuff Mm -hmm. and this happened so you know when i got to the police station i called a friend and they Luckily, they were able to uh, yeah, cause
0: you got help me out. To support you. Yeah. Right?
1: So um, that was my reality check. So I remember when I got released, I was like, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm cool. At that time, I had just got a job for the state. And probably there about 90 days. I got removed for some other stuff but um but that was the hit for me so then in the transition of me getting removed from the state another awesome lady that I was doing some part-time work for was like hey you know you you just want to work here I was like hell yeah so I got the job there what job was that uh, Miracles Club. what you doing? Doing HR.
0: Director in HR. Yeah. And... Uh, so within three months of getting back clean, you shaking back. And you I'm got a job back. as a, a director of HR at the yeah, Miracles Club. Yeah, the
1: Miracles okay. Club, which is growing. Mm-hmm.
0: And Cause they I get to shot. work with my people. Right. Because usually that doesn't happen. Because my first job was at nine months, and I was a, a, a janitor. So you got... you. Double, double blessed, right? <laughs> yeah, they they definitely took a, a chance on you, and you're doing it.
1: Yeah, and 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 I'm not even like, oh, I got to prove myself. I'm just doing. I'm just doing. Just do doing. Mean. the work. Right. And um. Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. And so, now, because that's what you're doing now. I seen you. I seen you when you uh, relapsed, and that's what I was like. Okay, I was shocked because the person you were when you were speaking with that guy that go to conventions and has the relationship and the car and the uh, house and, you know, all those things. And then you fail. And then I see you again and I'm on the board and you're the director of HR at the same organization. And I'm like, that was fast, you know, but what do you think it is that has carried you? Um, cause I know you're busy. You got, um, stuff to do, but what do you think it is that carried you Like, what is something that stuck out to you? Like, if you could give advice to somebody who's in that same struggle,
1: like. I would say that you're in it. It has to be you got to it has to be love. I would say if you're in that if you're in a situation like that, I mean. The only way I I just feel like the only way people can get back, people will come back. Is if you just pour love on them. And when I say pour love on them, I'm saying, if you run into a friend or you run into a family member and they're loaded, you gotta love on them.
0: Love on them, right? Just gotta love on them, them. Don't give them. They a know woman. what
1: to do. You don't gotta be like, do this, do that. They know what to do. Right. Love on them. Love on them. And the reason I say that is because, for the last 12 years when I was clean, there's been like at least 10 people, who say. I came back because of you. Because whenever I called you or connected with you, you never said you never judging me. Right. You know, so bashing people that, man. yeah. And um, another thing is that. Yeah, I ain't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um. Another thing, another thing is that. And I just shared this at a meeting other day. <clears throat> And I was being honest. I was like, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I do not want to do no step work. I don't want to go to meetings. I don't like no, none of y'all, really. This, I was just being like so honest. I just want to go to work. I want to pick my kid up from school. And I want to just do Tyrone. But my only connection to my God is through the program. So I, that's I so it. that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, that's the, that's the, that's the hit for me. My only connection through God is the program. Is the program.
0: And that is the moral of the story.
1: That's, the moral work of the story. that's
0: how I feel. Cause I'm a Christian woman, Holy Saved and Sanctified, but I, God didn't get me, cl- or Jesus didn't get me clean. Mm-hmm. It's the program, you know? So I stay whether I feel like I want to go or not, but you know, I really want to thank you. Um, people out there that are listening or watching where can they find you? Are you on social media?
1: I got an Instagram. It's look underscore, look what you've done. You know that um, Starboy song. Who's it? Uh, the Weekend. Weekend Starboy. Look what you've done. But all underscore look underscore what underscore you've done underscore blah blah
0: like so look underscore what underscore, underscore you've underscore, underscore done
1: underscore underscore okay also and that's like a lot of my photography and Facebook Tyrone camera rucker okay and we'll
0: put that um, in the description as well how do
1: I get a sweater though
0: we'll talk about that after we'll, okay yeah we'll do that um so I just want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. It was so empowering and inspiring. Um, and to those of you listening out there, we always get second chances. There's always another chance, but it, it just depends on what you do with it. And Tyrone definitely has shown us that if you do the most with it, you'll get the most back. So thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, and visit our website at Mercedes second Chance dot com